0: It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts.
1: Hi there, and welcome to Lifeline. Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts this week. Uh, yeah, no, um, you know, we, we found a nice quiet spot for him in a padded cell. And he will he's doing fine. Thank you very much for asking. Um, we've got him back on medication, and everything should be fine. <laughs> I know. I know. Every time I get on, I've got to do some snarky remark, but he is kind enough to uh, call me up when he has pressing duties elsewhere, and I get to fill in, and it is always a... A joy and a delight to come back and spend a few minutes with you. And I trust tonight's program will encourage you and challenge you. Um, First, what we have on tap tonight. I've got a great program lined out for you. Hour number two. I'm going to start at the end and work my way back. Hour number two. This guy, um, you know, I can read you. In fact, when he joins us, I will. I will read you the laundry list of who he is, his accomplishments, all those things. Um, but as I'll tell you again, in a couple of hours or in an hour or so, uh, Peyton Jones beyond all of his accomplishments and acumen has just been a dear friend for over 30 years. So, uh, he joins us tonight. He's got a brand new book that is actually hitting the stands today. The breakout from Zondervan is today. And, uh, it is a book that initially... And I, I beg you, please stay with us on this one, okay? Because the tendency is to go, okay, well, if it doesn't interest me, I'm moving on. And initially, when I tell you what it's about, you'll probably say, oh, it doesn't interest me. I'm moving on. Please don't. Because I, I, I you, know, you, <laughs> you know, what is it they say? Don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge this book by its cover, please. Um, what is inside the book is vital, for virtually any and every Christian. It is not geared to what you might think it is geared towards. Although it is, um, it is also geared to something far greater than what you would initially think it shows on the cover. Uh, The title of the book is Church Plantology, the Art and Science of Planting Churches. Now, I know, I know, I know. Hang on, hang on. Please, please give me a moment. Most of you are going, I'm not a church planter. Doesn't interest me. But I think you'll find if you take a moment with an open eye and an open ear and give us a listen, you'll come away with a new appreciation for just exactly what church planting is, what you thought it is. We're, we're going to really dispel some some myths and some mis- gross misunderstanding about what a church planter is and who a church planter is and what's involved. You know, in America, we are so geared towards programs, and, you know, you got to go to school for this, and you got to go to school for that. And if you're not trained for this or that, then you're not called. And, you know, the Bible has something far different to say. And I think you actually will be rather encouraged in your heart towards Christ. I mean, that's the goal of all of this, Okay. So that's hour number two. Peyton will join us, and he's got an awful lot to say. This book is, you know, got one in my hot little hands. Um, I've I've been waiting a long time for this one to come out, and I'm excited. I really am. It's a great book. So that's hour number two. Hour number one, I've got another dear friend who's going to, you know, I'll I'll say it again here in a moment, but um, it's low-hanging fruit, you know. Uh, Wanda and Craig come here. Hey, you want to do the talk show? Yeah, great. You know, we'll, we'll set you up with that. No, 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 no. I got friends. <laughs> who needs to go out and look for guests when I've got enough friends who fit the bill just fine? Thank you very much. We've got uh, our number one. He's going to join us here in just a moment. Uh, he pastors church down in uh, Escondido. He is also the, uh, the host of a uh, a radio program that airs on our sister station down in San Diego, KPRZ. So he is uh, he's very familiar with radio broadcasting, but he is also very familiar with a couple of topics. One of which is uh, close to my own life and heart uh, because of um, well family members and. Uh, This day and age, uh, you're hard-pressed to find a family that isn't dealing with this issue in some way or another, and that is the issue of gender identity. It has been hammered on us. We have been assaulted by our culture, by our political system, that we have to think a specific way. And even within the church, we've got churches who are coming out and going, yeah, we got to go down this road uh, for the sake of simple cultural relevancy. And and Christ never calls us to be culturally relevant. He calls us to be biblically relevant. If you don't believe that scriptures transcend culture, then you don't know the Bible. You don't know the God of the Bible. So Chris is going to join us. He's got a uh, a catechism that uh, is off to the publisher, I believe, at this point. And again, catechism, I know. Yeah. Oh, that's a Catholic thing. I'm not going to listen to that. And oh, that's just ew, catechism. That's a nasty word. Okay, what does it mean? Can you tell me that? Simply put, question and answer. You learn by asking a question and answering. That's the word catechism. Nothing more, nothing less. Catholic Church doesn't own it. Nobody owns it. It's just a term that we use to help didactically expose somebody to truth. All right? So he's got a catechism that deals specifically and uniquely with gender identity and exactly what Scripture has to say about that. So he's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes, and we'll, uh, we'll take care of all that um, tomorrow night tomorrow night, Ryan Rippey will join us. Now, Ryan is the president of the uh, Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary up in Vallejo. Uh, we are going to spend some time talking about some of the cultural issues that have seeped into the church. Is, is the church as grand as she claims to be these days? And again, this is where I'm going to ask for your help tomorrow night. I would love for you to call in, I want to know how the worship service was the week after Easter at the place of worship where you attend. I want to get a feel for what's going on in the Bay Area, and that's where I need your help. And I'll explore and explain more of this tomorrow night as we get going on all this. But uh, Ryan and I are going to spend some time talking about the the, the state of the church, if you will, And where we're at with the state of the church. So uh, again, that's Ryan Rippey tomorrow night. He is the president of uh, uh, Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary in Vallejo. And uh, it's going to be a fascinating time. I love Ryan. He's been a, again, (laughs) low-hanging fruit. I like low-hanging fruit. I'll, I'll go out and find friends, and we'll sit and spend time uh, locally and using uh, some of my friends to talk about issues that matter right here in our own backyard. So that's what we're all about here tonight and tomorrow night. Thursday? I don't know. It's still kind of open. Um, I had one thought in mind, but in light of the uh, the verdict uh, in Minneapolis tonight, uh, the Chauvin-Floyd the case, I don't know. We may go a different direction Thursday night, who knows i mean that that is a that is a huge conundrum for me i I see things differently than most do, and it gets me in trouble more often than not, so sometimes i've got to learn to keep my trap shut, but you know me um i 'm like Peter man i 'll take my foot and and chew on it uh, time you ask and that <laughs> and when Craig gives me the opportunity i 'll do it in public on the radio. <laughs> all right, we'll see. We'll see, that's Thursday. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick time out, check your traffic here on Lifeline, pay a few bills. When we come back, Chris Gordon joins us. We're talking about gender identity, the ins and outs, ups and downs and the danger of it all, and what God really has designed. All right, that's all straight ahead here tonight it's on Lifeline. Off to the KFX prefix center with a first look, at least in Lifeline anyway with a look at you
0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts
1: and welcome back Lifeline Andy Freundin in for Craig Roberts this evening and my guest joining us now is Pastor Chris Gordon. He actually has a broadcast on our sister station down in San Diego called abound in Grace. He is also the pastor of Escondido United Reformed Church. Uh, Also a good friend, longtime friend. Uh, You know me, I I go for the easy, low-hanging fruit when it comes to getting guests on the program. I just go (laughs) tap into some friends, and everything is kosher. Uh, Chris, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, Andy. Great to be with you. Always a delight, man. Anytime you and I get together and uh, spend time talking about Jesus, it's always a... A joy to my soul, and I pray it's a joy to the soul of those listening to us tonight. And we've got a challenging topic. This is something that has been on your heart and on your mind for some time now. Uh, And obviously, as we look around the landscape of our culture, you can't help but notice, in fact, it's getting harder and harder to escape uh, the spiral down, as it were, culturally speaking. It's it, at times I feel like I'm trying to grab hold of porcelain as I'm going around in circles. It's it's just getting bad. But one of the things that has really come to the forefront, especially with the new administration, is the growing demand to accept. Uh, A variety of different identities, whether it is male to female, female to male, transgender, non-binary, we are being told and it is being enforced upon us that we have to go along with the flow. And it is a challenge for us as Christians, isn't it, to sit there and, and acquiesce to something that we know is wrong, isn't it?
2: So you called me on to address the easy subjects of the day. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't be a good friend if I didn't, right? (laughs) So, you know, uh, this is important. Um, We've got to think through these issues, and um, they're challenging issues for our day uh, because there are prevailing views in the culture. There's a prevailing narrative in the culture uh, that is saying these things and uh, searching for identities and, and, and these sort of discussions are very challenging um, because, you know, there's so much now fear-mongering going on. Can we have any sort of civil discussion on these things without everyone getting offended? <laughs> so, right. you know, um, th- that's, that's unfortunate. But, I mean, historic Christianity uh, believes that, you know, there is a creator to all things. Uh, that Creator is the Lord God who made everything, and He made everything very good and very well. Uh, it's not just a sort of Christian ethic that drives us, as important as that is. It is, it is a creational ethic that also um, drives us that applies to everyone. Why? Because God made us in His own image with two biological sexes, male and female. <laughs> That's what Genesis 1 and 2 says to us. That's how He made us. So... The Lord defines our identity. The Lord gives us an identity. And today we're, you know, we're seeing these things changed. We're seeing, like you said, um, new identities and categories of personhood that are, um, that are being normalized. And I think the first thing I have to say is, is that good? Is that good for society? Absolutely not. Because God put things in place in order to make society function well. Right. Um, God is God. We are not. That's Psalm 100. And I think that's an important beginning place: is to say, well, how did God make things at the beginning? What happened that got us into this mess? What? Ha- I mean, can anyone listening today say that everything, anything's going well in the world? Everyone's in search of an identity. Everyone, there's all these these identity groups. Nobody's getting along. Everyone's fighting. There's nothing but discord and, and hatred and enmity. And, um, are we really going to create a perfect utopian humanity? That's going to love one another in this world. That's not going to happen. Evidence is just turn on the news tonight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So these are, these are, we, we have to go back to the beginning of things and say, well, why did God, how did God make things? Why is that important? What happened that we are now in this sad mess how is that fixed, and how are we restored that 's sort of the general flow that I think we need to we need to think about again and help people think about what God put in place uh, that is good for us and helps us
1: and and that is crucial, Chris, because so many even churches today are acquiescing to the changes and they 'll wrangle over uh, passages in first or second corinthians in 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 Timothy or in Titus. And say, oh, well, it's cultural and it's cultural and culture has changed and we've got to grow, go with the change. But what you and I are talking about here tonight and what you're bringing to the forefront is something that goes on beyond and before actually culture. Uh, like you said at the beginning, just a moment ago, God created everything and it was good. At some point, we lose that good. And like you said, we have to go back to the beginning if we're to. Thoroughly understand just exactly why we stand the way we do for what we believe is right and true, don't we?
2: Well, and I think this is this is important because today there's a basic distinction that's being made between gender and biological sex. Um, you know, believers confess, people confess who hold to the Bible as true that you know, the creator of the heavens and the earth made two biological sex sexes male and female. He made them good. Um today this this sort of new category of personhood and gender is is being used to say there's this new new category of which we can have an identity different from what is our, our assigned biological sex in the way that, that God made us. And um, so, so you know we have to go back to, okay well what, what is that? When we talk about sexuality, we're talking about desires.' Hmm. talking about the desires of the the heart. Can we just follow our desires? Well, that's what the culture has told us to do for a long time, to listen to the desires of your heart, follow your heart. And it's all about you being happy. But the Christian message is, wait a minute, something went bad with desire. (laughs) Something went really wrong with desire. When it comes to sexuality, we have the problem that these desires are fallen and sinful and anything that is outside the design of God and what he has willed in his law uh, is a sinful desire. So these are origination points, as Jesus said, of what comes out of the heart uh, is the real problem. So, so you know, when we're talking about sexuality, we have to ask the question, is that desire a holy desire? Christians say we have a range of false desires that we are called to suppress and to repent of and turn away from. It may, it may not just be this one, it's that one. It's In other words, it, it could be lusting. It could be hatred in the heart. Um, murder from the heart, uh, adultery, lusting in the heart, coveting. These are all desires that Christians are called to um, to flee, and that includes wrong sexual desires. It's not right because there is a God to whom we are accountable. Now, when we talk about identity, we're really talking about the mind mm. and self-perception, Right, and there, too, we say the problem after the fall is that we have a darkened mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's a distinction I think that's important when it comes to gender identity. Is uh, You may say, I have a self-perception of myself, but that doesn't mean it's right and true. And the fall in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve, Eve fell, we all became sinners and our desires and our minds. All of that was corrupted due to sin. And that's our big problem. The the thing is, is when Satan came in the garden and pitched a different way, it's not so different than what's happened today. Uh, Satan said, this God is oppressive. This God is a tyrant. This God wants to hold you back from being all that you could be. And uh, there's a better way. You could be your own God and you can define your own reality. And right then and there, you know, we see the birth of sin in the desire and in the mind where they chose to do something contrary to what God said and plunged us all into this misery. And now look at us. <laughs> who's, who's satisfied and happy oh. in, in following the desires of their hearts and of the mind?
1: Yeah, n- none of us are. I mean, it, it, if and if we do say we are, it's a fleeting moment, and then it's gone, because nothing satisfies.
2: Right, right, and nothing ultimately satisfies. I mean, l- we, we should say, um, listen, sin is very deceptive, Uh, sin is is fun. Uh, Sin has a a momentary, fulfilling moment of of satisfying the flesh. Um, But it does not mean that it satisfies our lives in the way that we were made to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And ultimately, sin will destroy us. Hmm. It's a lie. It's a lie that promises and never delivers. That's why sin always takes the next step. All right, you touched on it just a moment
1: ago. I want to come back and revisit it a bit more because I think as it 's at the core of what we're talking about here today. We need to take a quick time out, pay some bills, check some traffic. But when we come back, Chris, I want to deal with this issue of identity and where our identity lies. Uh, Because that's at the heart of all this, and and I want to dive into that more. So we'll take a quick time out, put a bookmark there, come back and join us in just a moment as my guest, Pastor Chris Gordon, and I continue our conversation here on Lifeline. Right now, we're off to the KFAX Traffic Center with a
0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: And we are back. Lifeline, Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts tonight. All week this week, as a matter of fact, and, uh, and tomorrow night. Holy cow. Uh, Ryan Rippey will join us. That's going to be a barn burner, let me tell you. Uh, I'm just saying. So hang tight for that one. In the meantime, my guest tonight is Pastor Chris Gordon. Uh, he pastors Escondido uh, URC down in Escondido, obviously, Um, also the host of Abounding Grace, which is a radio program that airs on our sister station in San Diego. Next time you're down in that neck of the woods, uh, you can tune in, listen in, or just go to agrradio.org, and you'll learn all about the ministry of Pastor Chris Gordon. We're talking about gender identity. And Chris, uh, just before the break, um, I I wanted you to kind of gear towards this whole idea of identity, because at the end of the day, it's not really about preferences as much as it is about identity and where we see and believe our identity to be, isn't it?
2: Well, the question is, is is your identity bound up in your sexuality? That's what everyone says today, that... Your sexuality is your identity. No, 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 it's not. Um, You know, that's that is a false idea that is prevailing everywhere. Um, Our identity is found in the way that we are made. And now after the fall, we have a fallen identity because we've we've chosen to define ourselves our own way with what we just looked at from Genesis in the previous segment, um, that now those are desires of the, of the mind and of the heart, and uh, a darkened mind and a darkened heart. Desires and a darkened mind have are, are what we're pursuing to try to find an identity. This is very similar to after um, the Garden of Eden. Cain was sent out after he killed his brother, and he wandered into the East, the land of Nod, I think it is. And, and, and this is what humanity has been doing ever since. We're wandering, trying to find our way. We're trying to find a way that will satisfy us and a way that will define us in a way that we can build ourselves back to this pristine humanity that was all lost. Understand this. This is such an, I think, important point. All of these identity groups today, everyone is simply looking for a utopian ideal. Yeah. to create perfect humanity. We all want an utopia. We all think we're going to create it here in this life. And this gets to the solution today that Christianity offers that we want the world to know about. I mean, yeah. we're, you know, we, we, we're, we love people. We want people to know the, um, the true solution that has been given. What All of these groups, all of these ideas, all of these things that are happening are pitched as saviors That will be the answer to the misery that we're in. Everyone's very savior conscious right now. Everyone wants a deliverer. And unfortunately, the deliverer that people are seeking is a deliverer that comes out of their own desire and own mind and heart. (laughs) Whatever it is that will liberate me that has been oppressive structures everywhere else from God and society, I now internally will find and follow, and that will be the final answer to give me true happiness. And Christianity says, no, it won't. It never will. Um, it, it can't because there's only one God who made heaven and earth, and there's only one true way. So the answer that he's given us is to give us the true Savior, who is Jesus. <laughs> right. Jesus came and, and Jesus lived this beautiful, perfect life. And Jesus came and, and took, and, and there's two heads of humanity. You're either in the first Adam and you let now your desires define you and your mind define you and do whatever you want. Or you now are brought into union with the second and the last Adam who lived for you, who died for you, who rose again, who forgave all your sins and gives you a brand new identity in Him, a redeemed identity, an identity that truly matters, so that you now have real purpose and meaning and know that you are loved and brought into the family of God. That's ultimately what people want through all this. They want meaning to their lives. They want to be loved. They want to be valued. They want to be cared for. They want to think their life has meaning and purpose. And that's why we, with tears, say, don't follow those things. They'll fail you every time. Don't follow your own desires. They'll fail you every time. Don't follow your mind, the darkened mind. Follow what the Lord has provided for you in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's freeing. This is why Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's what we need. We need to be set free.
1: What do you say to the folks who will say, "Oh, but I was born this way, or God made me this way"? How do you That's respond to that? That's a good
2: question. Good question. I think it's important to say that even these desires may be unchosen. Some people. This is what everyone says today: is like, "Listen, how, how can I be anything different than what I am?" First off, we have to say this: God made everything good. Whatever mess we're in is not His fault. That's the message of the Bible. Right. Sin. And rebellion at the instigation of the devil, we listened to him and fell into this mess. That's what got us here. So God, God made things good. We forfeited all that by listening to a lie. That's that's the message of Christianity. Of anyone who come along and say, "Isn't this God's fault?" But but if someone comes along and says, "Listen, okay, I, I accept that that's happened. Now I've got this problem, and this is who I am." Well, like I said earlier, any any. False desire is not the truth, and we have to fight that and turn away from that. So even if it's you say, "Well, I have this, and this is who I am. Uh, this is I didn't choose this. This is this is all I know. This is all I know to be." Um, there's there's a good answer for you. The Lord can set set you free. That's the beauty of the Christian gospel, and there's real power in that. And then we have a real satisfied life in Christ. You know, so it's a beautiful gospel that's made known to us that provides an actual answer and provides to the freedom that we're we're all looking for.
1: You've actually come out and I I know it's still in the pipeline. It's not quite available yet. So I would, um, again, refer people to the website agradio.org and just keep an eye on it. But you have actually created a catechism of sorts to to deal with this very thing, haven't you?
2: Well, I wanted I, I wanted to help people through, and and, and there's enough angry name calling and anger, and I'm not sure Christians have always been real helpful to those who have who have really struggled with these things. And I, you know, listen, um, I, I think I'm sure Christians have missed the mark in how to love their neighbor mm. who have struggled with these sins. There's yeah, probably been a lot of angry responses and wrong responses and then you see you know people I think the bachelor star just just came out the other day and you know he 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 lamented how you could just feel it in him it's just so oppressive his christianity that now he's finally free from it and i think i thought to myself well that's sad because christianity should be preaching a good news to people of a wonderful savior who loves and get, gave his life so that we might be set free? I think too often Christianity is pitched as a list of do's and don'ts, and people say, "Well, I can't do it," and that's when we come in and say, um, "Christianity is about a message to be believed about someone who did it for you."
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> and
2: that's really yes. important. You're not; it's not in your own righteousness that you get into heaven. So, no one ever meets the standard in themselves. Jesus has met it. That's why we call him our Savior. So that's an important, important point. I think um, that we have to emphasize again.
1: And this is what that catechism does it brings to the uh, it brings it back uh, to us, the Church, uh, not only a proper response to all of this, but how to do that response in love, right?
2: Right. So uh, you know, we go. I I try to work through the categories of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration, and. Um, and say, here's what happened, and and here's what Christ has done. He has set us free. He's given us a brand new identity, and and now in restoration, uh, we we now strive to to walk in that new identity with gladness and happiness. It's a happy it's a happy path for us. It's a happy way for us. It's not a way of misery. We have to again present the faith. You know, as a joyful faith, a freaking yeah. faith, not as one that's just meant to clobber people. And right. right? I think we've done too much of that. So so the catechism is designed to be honest about sin. It's designed—and and people say catechism, oh, that just sounds so—you know, the, all catechism is is a question-answer format. People right. learn the best way by asking a question and then giving an answer, and that's all it is. It's yeah. all a, a series of questions that ask basic questions about human sexuality— and what the answers are, and then and then how we live in response to the work of Jesus. And that hopefully will be a help to people when that comes out.
1: And again, th- those answers are uniquely and specifically drawn from Scripture itself. So it's, uh, it's, not, it's not something that you or I have thought up, but rather something that God has already ordained, right?
2: Right. That's the beauty of doing something like that. It's all script- taken right from Scripture.
1: All right. We're going to take another time out. Chris, when we come back, I want to see how all of this— Plays out for our children because that is a key element to the way our culture and society is going. And you, know, you, you actually have answers for kids in that catechism as well. So we'll talk about that on the other side of this break. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center with a. And
0: now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: We are back. It's Lifeline. Andy Freuland, my guest is Pastor Chris Gordon. He is the host of Abounding Grace, a radio program heard on our sister station in San Diego, KPRZ, and also the pastor of Escondido United Reformed Church. He joins us this evening because uh, if you've been watching the news at all, you'll know that um, this idea of sexual identity is being foisted upon us uh, in various um, weird maturations. And it is also being forced upon our kids in amazing ways and in new and increasingly um, deviant ways, if I can put it that way. Chris, one of the things you have a real concern for is how this is messaged to our kids and how we as parents can help them understand and respond to the messaging that's being delivered on this sexual identity craze.
2: Absolutely, um, the culture is catechizing our children every day <laughs> it 's telling telling them what they must believe uh, it it is uh, I mean social media is a great medium for this uh, and much of much of these things uh, with the identity the, the identity that people want gender identity is really in some ways a giant cultural fad that has taken place through a lot of online groups that have really pulled in our children to these things. So parents have the responsibility, the church has the responsibility to talk to the next generation and to be open with these things. I mean, how, how many, you know, I don't know about you, Andy, but you know, when I grew up, we never even, it was like taboo in Christian circles to have the birds and bees discussion. Right. I mean, we were silent even about basic morality when it came to sexuality and heterosexual
1: ideas and and heterosexuality.
2: We were silent on and, And and, you know, if you're not training your children, if you're not talking your children about these things, somebody else is. (laughs) And uh, and that someone else right now is a culture that's demanding allegiance to these to these views. So, you know, I think it's our responsibility uh, to tell the truth on these things and to do it in love and to do it in care, but to help and shepherd our children on these topics Pastors, again, have to start addressing these things. Parents have to start addressing these things. And that's what I hope um, even a discussion like this will encourage someone to do.
1: Well, and you know, and, and I can—boy, uh, I sit there and I listen to you talk, and I can't help but think that probably 95% of our audience, the guys, are are doing the Ray Romano approach. Hey, go talk to your mother. You know, I, I, don't talk to me. Go talk to your mother. And then, you know, moms at best are going, well, yeah, what they're doing is wrong. And we don't have the answers to it. Uh, and, and at some point, our kids, they're going to come to a mature level enough to where they're going, well, you know, mom and dad, they just say it's wrong. But they don't say why. And they don't give me any reasons or explanations. Uh, but these guys over here do. Right or wrong, it's an explanation. And then we wonder why we're losing our kids. And, and again, I, I say that to set up this fact that that is what this catechism will help parents do, isn't it?
2: Well, that's one of the reasons I, I wanted to put something simple in the hands of of, of parents to to sit around the table and, and provide talking points that they might talk to their children about these things. But I think you're you're touching on something that's that's really important. Um, for too long, you know we 've been so busy with our lives making money and, and trying to you know live in this world, and, and we have our dreams and aspirations, and we all want to fulfill them and In the process, our children have been neglected with the truth, and um, one of the obligations we have is to to train them in the truth and to talk to them, and children go through different phases of learning in that questioning phase when they're asking questions. And as they're trying to process and think about how things work and what they mean, that is one of the most crucial time periods for parents to be able to give a good answer. If our answer has been, as we've always, I've always heard, well, we've always done it this way, yeah, you've helped your children out of the faith. We yeah. don't do things because they're always done this way. They have we, we, what we believe has real meaning. There's real reason behind it. And there's good reasons behind it. There's right reasons. And we have to be able to speak of those reasons with real affection and, and meaning to them so that they will embrace it. We all know children love what their parents love. They try to, um, to follow in that path. And then at some point they get older and they're thinking for themselves and they go through rebellious stages. But that in that stage where they're really imitating and thinking and, and, and really wanting their parents' acceptance for a parent to come along and be very helpful and loving and instructive about their faith and embrace it and they see it lived out, that will stay with them for the rest of their life. It's
1: transformative and foundational, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. I mean, they used to say, you know, if uh, you know, in the culture even knows this, you know, those first five to six years are absolutely crucial for the development of your children.
1: I've I've always put it this way: uh, ages one to five, uh, and for those of you who are computer savvy and tech savvy, you'll understand what I'm saying. Ages one to five, we are writing ROM on our children. Five and up. It's at best you're writing RAM that goes away every time they reboot and reset the next day, so it is like uh, Pastor Chris said, very crucial that we work with our kids at that young age. Uh, Was it Stalin said, "Give me a child till he's
2: five, and I'll have him for life." Uh, yeah, which means get around back around the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, at least- the table, the kitchen table, what's that, right? I mean, do, do, do families do that anymore? I remember it was like years ago I was watching, and Oprah even said, what's wrong with America is families aren't around the table. That was Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, amen. You're absolutely right. and And all the more should believing families be gathering and praying to the Lord in these times.
1: Uh, The verse, be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you, in season and out, comes to mind. And I know many of us think of that verse, and we think, oh, yeah, so anytime I meet somebody on the street, then I've got to have an answer for the hope that lies within me. Predominantly, first and foremost, though, that verse needs to be lived out in the home, and those answers need to be ready at a moment's notice for the ones you love the most, your very own children. How we have, in many respects, Chris, sometimes I look at our culture and I think, man, we're no better than the ancient society that handed their kids over to the fires of Molech, are we?
2: Yeah, and I think we have to help as they grow, too, through the junior high, high school, and college years. Give them good resources and good examples. You know, may I make a pitch for two good examples Uh, uh, who would be a great help? Christopher Yuan has written a very helpful book on holy sexuality. His book, you know, he was a drug dealer, and um, and he was he was a practicing homosexual, and he was converted in prison, and um, was saved. His story is just beautiful. Um, That book, Holy Sexuality, and uh, another book that he's written has uh, recounts his story, and uh, it would be worth looking into that. Of course, Rosaria Butterfield's story is is similar. Yeah. And Rosaria Butterfield wrote, you know, the book, The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. And I think these figures who have been so influential—she was a Syracuse professor, was, you know, lesbian studies, and was converted by, by uh, you know, the gospel and a pastor showing hospitality. And uh, her story is wonderful. I think we need good examples, too, of those who testified to us of, of what the gospel did for them, what Christ did from unbelief uh, to a life now of true freedom.
1: And uh, just another selfish plug here, (laughs) agrradio.org is going to be a great place to go because I know that you've actually sat with Rosario Butterfield on a couple of occasions and you have some audio podcasts recorded and available on the website. Again, agrradio.org, well worth the listen and the time. Boy, a lot of insight and a lot of wisdom From that woman. What an amazing time you had with her. Brother, speaking of time, we are out of it. And uh, I I, want to thank you for spending a few minutes with us here tonight on Lifeline. Uh, And I do pray that those uh, who are listening will keep an eye on agradio.org for this up and coming catechism that you've got in the pipeline. Uh, Lord willing, it'll be available soon and it'll be just a marvelous resource, especially for you parents. Uh, who have kids and you want answers for them and you want the best. Them. Chris, thanks again for spending time with us tonight, brother. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Andy. Great to be with you.
1: We need to take another time out off to the KFAX Traffic Center. Another look at you.